So today we're beginning my favorite series of the year. And not this year, not just 2022, but every year. Uh, this is my favorite series because to kick off each new year, uh, we join together as a church family in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And each Sunday during the month of January, <clears throat> I take time to talk about prayer. And I've done this uh, since we started Trilogy. Uh, we have taken January and dedicated our focus to prayer and fasting, uh, to teach about fasting, to cast vision, uh, to celebrate what God has been doing in our church and what God is about to do uh, in our church. And uh, it's a critical time for each and every person that calls Trilogy their church home. And that's what we're heading into starting this morning. And I love this season each and every year. And so I want us to get our hearts ready, uh, especially for what Melissa and I believe God is going to do in our church and through our church in the next few weeks, in the next few months in the church and in our lives from January 7th through January 27th. Uh, we're going to be going through these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so that's the bookend, January 7th through January 27th, and that starts this Friday. We're calling the church to 21 days of fasting and prayer, and we really, we're doing it with great excitement. This is not something that, yeah, I'm like, oh, here it comes again, it's 21 days. This is something I anticipate, I look forward to, and I know a lot of you do as well as we head into this season each year. Because fasting does something in the church, and fasting does something in our lives. It's, it's a very unique dynamic that takes place. There's, there's a dynamic when we fast as a church that you can't really explain in, with practical terms. You can't explain it in the natural but in the supernatural, it's a whole different conversation of what takes place when we fast and we pray. There's a power that comes through seasons of corporate prayer and fasting where miracles happen, where strongholds are broken, where God liberates us and refocuses us, and we realize his power in our lives in a whole new way. See, fasting, going without food and seeking God, is a hunger strike against health. Uh, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. Uh, it's, it's not a good season for the enemy. When God's people fast and pray, it's not a good season for the enemy. The devil isn't happy at all when God's people fast. And let me just tell you, if there's something that's going to make the devil mad, I want to do it. <laughs> that's kind of a good indicator. If, if you're doing something that pleases the devil, stop. If you're doing something that's making the devil mad, you're on the right track, okay? Uh, because fasting causes us to seek and see vertical solutions to horizontal situations. We stop trying to do things in our own strength, and we kind of push our own desires and everything that we've been going through beside, aside, and we just simply focus on God and say, God, let your will be unleashed in my life and in my circumstances. And fasting will fast track your prayers. There is the, like, it's, it's like jumping into the, the HOV lane on the highway where you can just kind of go. That's kind of what fasting does to your prayer life. It takes it in a whole new direction and uh, acceleration. It will break the chains that sin and temptation have on your life. It will release God's power and will bring about supernatural results. Fasting will bring divine wisdom to life's perplexing problems that we face. It will humble our hearts. It will recalibrate 
our lives and get them realigned with God and his purposes so that we can walk in a new awareness of God's divine plan for us and for Trilogy. Fasting brings about supernatural protection on our lives and miraculous provision in our lives. Fasting will give you favor with people. Uh, Fasting brings heaven's answer, hell's defeat. Fasting makes a difference. It makes all the difference. And everything I just read to you, all of the benefits of fasting, are not just my observations. They are biblical assertions. Every one of those things that I just said to you happened in, the, in Scripture as a result of someone fasting and seeking God. And really what I want to do today, because you may be asking, why are we talking about it now if we're not starting for a week? The reason why is because it's important for you and I to get our hearts ready, to get ready to fast and pray. There's some groundwork to be done before you enter into a season of fasting and prayer. You don't just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm going to fast and pray starting today. It's important that we all plan, that you and I, we get into the presence of the Lord and say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to accomplish on this fast? How is it that you want me to seek you? What is it going to look like for me, for my family? What is it that you want me to seek you for? God, get a hold of my heart. I'm setting my mind on you. I'm getting myself ready for 21 days of fasting. That these will be 21 days that will make a difference in the next 365 days. That it's setting the tone for you and your family for the entirety of 2022. That it's setting the tone for our church family as we move forward, as we look to what God wants to accomplish through us. That we are getting ourselves in alignment, in unity as a church family as we seek God together for where he's leading us. Fasting is so, so important. In Mark chapter 9, a father brought his little boy to the disciples to heal him. And even though they had healed people many times before, this was kind of a regular occurrence for the disciples now, they couldn't do it. They could not heal this boy. Complete failure. And Jesus came down off the Mount of Transfiguration, and he instantly healed the little boy. And later they're debriefing with Jesus, you know, like, They asked Jesus this question in Mark 9, 28, 29. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. In other words, and I want you to hear what this is saying, there's some things only fasting will achieve. Did you hear that? There's some things only fasting. Jesus didn't say one way to cast out these demons is to. He didn't say fasting is really in the top 10 things you could do to increase your odds of success here. He said only. And God has chosen to make fasting the mechanism for unleashing his supernatural power in our lives and through our lives into the world around us. This is what God has chosen. God has decreed that prayer and fasting is the way that his power is unleashed in our lives. And when you couple fasting, setting your heart on God with prayer, powerful things will happen that, hear this again, will not happen any other way. If you do not fast and pray regularly as a spiritual discipline in your life, you are missing things that God wants to do in your life that will only come through fasting and prayer. Some of you have never made fasting a regular discipline in your life, and you are not experiencing all you could be in your life as a follower of Jesus. So why fasting? 
simple answer to that question because God said so. Really, it comes down to that. You know, people ask me, well, why, why, why do I have to be baptized? Why do I have to be dunked in the water? Same answer. God said so. I mean, really, there's a whole lot more you can talk about. There's some theology. There's some symbolism. There's all sorts of stuff that go along with that. But ultimately, it comes back to the Bible says do it, so you probably should. Let me rephrase. The Bible says do it, so you definitely should. There's no probably here. We must fast. And I don't know why denying myself food has so many powerful spiritual blessings in my life. Let me just tell you, God couldn't have picked a worse thing for me. That is not something that I look forward to is denying myself food. Uh, I enjoy, and let's be real, that's probably why God chose it, isn't it? Because it's something at a very fundamental, very baseline level for every person alive. Food is a natural desire that we all have. It is the common denominator for every one of us. And so if God says, this is the way, we need to do it. I don't know why breakthrough happens when I fast. I just know God said I need to, so I do. God said that his people should come together corporately and pray and fast. So we do that here at Trilogy. When we pray and we fast and the two go hand in hand, I believe two things happen that put us in a position for spiritual... And let me just distinguish that real quickly. Because fasting is becoming more and more popular today uh, just for body health. Uh, You talk about weight loss through uh, 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 intermittent fasting. Thank you. I I wanted to get it first. Uh, Intermittent fasting is is a way to regulate your weight and to manage your, your insulin levels and all that stuff. So there's some practical stuff that go along with it. Yes. But that's not why we're doing this. Uh, Fasting without prayer is just either health or starvation, depending on how you're doing it. Uh, And that's not the point. There is a spiritual dynamic, a spiritual component that goes through when we fast and focus on God. So we have to have prayer accompanying our fasting as we do it. And that puts us in a position for spiritual breakthrough. Because here's the thing, two, two like really fundamental concepts when it comes to fasting and prayer. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer is not about nagging God, okay? Uh, not just asking enough or doing enough to get God to do something. That's not what prayer is about. It's about spending time with God so that your faith rises, so you come into alignment with where his Holy Spirit is leading. Your confidence rises. You go from faithless to faith-filled. You go from unbelieving and doubting to confident and believing prayers. That happens the more time you spend in his presence, the more time you spend having conversations with God. And then biblical fasting uh, enhances and focuses our prayers. Biblical fasting enhances and focuses our prayers. It's like a magnifying glass with sunlight. It just focuses it. It sharpens it. When you fast, you gain a very clear sense that you need God more than anything else. Even more than food, and that's one of the basic elements of survival. You see, people know prayer. People have a basic understanding of prayer. Even lost people know about prayer. Even atheists know about prayer. Okay? Uh, Very few people understand prayer fasting from a scriptural, biblical, spiritual sense. A common misconception is that fasting is designed to punish yourself. Uh, Fasting is not punishing yourself. That's not the point of fasting, is to make yourself feel terrible. 
God doesn't want you to suffer. He just wants you to disconnect. To disconnect from the things of this world. To practice denying yourself the things you want to develop discipline in your life. Let me tell you, going uh, a day or two days or five days or ten days without food isn't something that just happens. It doesn't come naturally. Now, you can get busy and skip a meal and not notice it, okay? But if you go 24 hours without eating, there had to be some decisions along the way that got you there. You go three days without eating, okay, now you've made some serious choices because let me tell you, if you've ever gone on an extended fast, at the end of day two, you feel like death is knocking at your door. At least I do. <laughs> that's, that, that's the worst day of a fast is 48 hours in for me. That is when I'm just like, okay, I'm done. God, if it's not you, I'm out. And then uh, as you continue to go, there is a discipline that you have to practice to get through that, to lose your dependence on things that are not as important as he is in your life. You see, from the beginning, our desires and our drives have gotten in the way of the people that God designs us and wanted us to be. Adam and Eve gave in to their appetite and ate the fruit that God had forbidden, and they lost their intimacy with God. I mean, even from the beginning, this was an issue. Our carnal appetite has cut us off from God and drawn us to the world. But when we disconnect from the world, when we pull back, when we deny ourselves something that our body craves intensely, we learn a dependence on God that we don't get in other ways. We're living out Galatians 5.24 for an extended period of time. Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. You say, wait a minute, Pastor Jeff, pizza's not a, you know, sinful nature. Okay, no, maybe, doesn't have to be. Can be, gluttony, you know, overindulging can be a sin. But uh, there is a dynamic to this that says as we develop this discipline, it's going to train us and equip us to say no to those temptations and desires in our life that are sinful. And so fasting conditions us in our spiritual man to say no to those things that are contrary to God's plan for our lives. Uh, so every believer should fast as a regular part of their spiritual story, not just during these 21 days. And that's my prayer for you, is that this will hopefully initiate something. If you've never fasted before, that this will lead you down a path where this can become a regular spiritual discipline in your life. I believe every follower of Jesus should at least monthly have a period where they fast. It can be one day a month. Uh, it can be, you know, a few days where you fast a meal. We'll go into some practicals in a few minutes. But every believer should have fasting as a regular part of their spiritual story. At one point in his teachings, Jesus used the phrase, when you fast. It wasn't if. It wasn't on the rare occasion that you might fast. He said, when you fast. It was expected that we would. So prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. And when you do this... It leads to powerful times of breakthrough and increased effectiveness in your faith story. That sounds like something we might want to do then, doesn't it? Fasting should be a regular part of our lives. So what are we talking about here? I want to get real practical with you all this morning uh, because, A, we have people at different points in their faith story. Some are just beginning and haven't really been instructed in what the Bible has to say about fasting. And really, the other is, B, a lot of churches don't really talk about it all that much. 
So even if you grew up in church, you might have been in church your entire life, but you may have never heard a sermon preached on fasting. And so this could be a new concept for you. So I want to make sure we're all on the same page, a biblical page, when it comes to us joining in this supernatural season of seeking God together. So when we talk about fasting, we're talking primarily about denying yourself food. Okay? That is, at a fundamental level, that's what fasting is. And I know invariably people will say, well, I can't fast for medical reasons. I can't go without food. Here's the deal. Everybody's got some kind of food you can go without that you like. Everybody's got some kind of food that you can go without that you really, really like. You may not be able to do a water-only fast for one reason or another. You may have a legitimate medical condition that prevents you from doing that. But there are other ways you can fast that still involve denying yourself food, okay? And so we're not giving anybody a pass here, okay? Everybody can do this thing, and we'll talk about what that looks like. So the idea of I'm fasting TV, I'm fasting social media, I'm fasting golf, I'm fasting video games, great! You can do that as well if that's what God is calling you to do. But fast food, okay? Not fast food, fast food. Okay, because somebody, somebody here is like, I'm heading to Whataburger as soon as this thing starts. Fast food, that's what Pastor said. No, <laughs> fast food. We're talking about making the decision to not eat. Uh, and using that time to be in the presence of the Lord, we're talking about fasting. There's Really, there's three uh, types of biblical fast. Uh, the first is an absolute fast or uh, some call it an extreme fast, uh, that's no food and no water. And three days is the max on that. We see it several times in the Bible where three days people did that. Um, Paul, or Saul at that point, when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, went three days without eating or drinking uh, before he was prayed for, received his sight, and he was restored. Uh, there's other instances as well where three days people went without food and water. That is extreme. And really before you would do that, you would want to talk through that with your doctor. That's a type of fast where you really need to hear from the Lord. Be directed by that before you go down that road. I've never felt personally called to fast in that way where no water either. Uh, I've never felt that God was leading me down that road. I know other people who have, and they've gone two, three days uh, in that direction. Uh, but that's not something I've felt personally called to. A normal fast in the Bible would be abstaining from all food, but drinking lots and lots and lots of water. Okay, so that's what a normal fast in the Bible would be. And even then, there are options for you. I'm going to give you some practical ways you can do this. But once again, before you make a decision as to what you're going to do, please spend some time praying. That's why we're waiting five days to kick this off, so you can seek God, get direction. What is the Holy Spirit leading you to do? Ask the Holy Spirit what path he wants you to take, and then obey. Because on your own, we might choose an easier path, and God wants to challenge you more. We may decide to do something really radical, and God isn't calling you to that yet because you're not ready for it. So seek God first. That's what this week is for uh, before we begin the fast. So here's some different ways that you can practice biblical fasting during these 21 days of prayer. Maybe you decide, I'm going to abstain from food from sunrise to sundown. That uh, in, in Jewish uh, culture, that was the period of fasting, was sunrise to sundown. And so they would not eat when, from the moment the sun got up till they could see the first evening star in the sky. Uh, if it was cloudy, I don't know, maybe they went a while without eating. Uh, but uh, that was, that was a, a Jewish period of fasting, was sunrise to sundown. So that's one way to do it. Maybe you would say, I eat three meals a day right now, but for the duration of the fast, I'm only going to eat one meal a day. 
and dedicate those other meal times to prayer and seeking God. Um, maybe you feel like you're supposed to fast for several days consecutively, a water only, uh, just going after God hard for that. Maybe you'll do that several times throughout the 21 days where you'll do, you know, a three or five day fast during the first week and then uh, not during week two and then come back and do a three to five day fast during the third week. I don't know what that's going to look like for you and I don't want to prescribe for you what that's going to look like. I'm giving you some biblical examples of what fasting looks like and allowing you to seek God and the Holy Spirit to determine what that can look like for you. Um, maybe you fasted before, it's a regular discipline in your life, and maybe you feel like God is calling you to an extended period of fasting, five, seven, ten days, or even longer, um, which uh, is certainly something that God could be calling some of you to do. Uh, and here's the thing, we're not doing this, as I mentioned, for physical benefits, we're not doing this to lose weight, we're not doing this to get healthy, even though fasting is not bad for your body, it's actually extremely good for your body. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons that fasting is so hard initially is because uh, there's a lot of health benefits and it's a way to detoxify your body. And th that's why it's hard when you start fasting and if you haven't fasted before or for a long while, your body really pushes back against it uh, because you're starting to get rid of a lot of the toxins in your body as you go through that. So maybe you're going to go sundown to sun, no, not sunrise to sundown. <laughs> yeah, that's not sundown to sunrise. That's kind of like the fast food thing, right? Um, <laughs> I'm going to fast from sundown to sunrise. I don't need a thing while I sleep. I'm in. Um, the idea of fasting is you are denying yourself something you want at a very fundamental level, okay? Um, so another, there can be a partial fast. And probably the most common way of doing a partial fast uh, biblically is what's known as the Daniel fast. It's based on the account of Daniel in the Bible from the book of Daniel uh, with the idea that you follow the guidelines he followed uh, to abstain from all animal products, meat, dairy, eggs, bread, anything made with sugar, caffeine, nothing processed. So basically you're down to fruits, vegetables, and beans. That's basically what you're eating uh, throughout that period of time. The problem with this kind of fast, or the danger, I would say, with this kind of fast, uh, and I've been down this road before with the Daniel fast even personally, is people tend to try and find ways around the rules. Like, I'm going to get as close to the line as I can get here. So they'll say, oh, wait, stevia is made from plants, so I can sweeten things with that. Um, and it's still legal, and it's almost like we're not giving anything up. Hopefully you hear the problem there. Um, because if we're not giving anything up and it doesn't feel like we're sacrificing, we're missing the entire point of fasting. Do you see what I'm saying? So even on a partial fast like that, where you're really radically changing your diet from what you eat now, don't be looking for ways to make yourself more comfortable. That's kind of missing the point of really learning to find your dependence and your sustenance from God. Um, but some will choose to do a partial fast, do a Daniel fast. So... After today, you go online, you look up some options, you pray, you ask the Lord, you decide what fasting is going to look like for you and for your family over the season. But all of us, what I'm asking is, for 21 days, all of us are regularly fasting and praying for 21 days. Okay? And I've, I've done an extended fast before. Uh, the longest that I've gone with water only was 10 days, and that was back in college. I went just over 10 days with nothing but water. It was a season where I felt that God was calling me in a certain direction, uh, and I wanted to be sure. That was when I received my calling into ministry. 
and it was radically changing the direction of my life, changing all of my course of study. It changed everything for me, and so I wanted to be sure, and God confirmed it over and over and over again as I sought him during that 10-day period of fasting to hear God's voice clearly. So I set that time aside to seek him. And I would suggest, again, that probably you should work up to that over time. Uh, that's not something you just say, okay, I've never fasted before, but I'm going to go 21 days uh, with nothing but water. Uh, I would really suggest you check with your doctor to make sure you're, you, know, you can do that. Um, but I will never say if God is leading you, you don't obey. But uh, I would say this is not a competition either because fasting can get to that place where people like to flex their spiritual muscles and say, well, I'm doing this. Uh, and let me tell you, the Bible's very clear that that ain't a good thing to do. That was how the Pharisees fasted. They would make themselves look all miserable, like, oh, I've been fasting forever. Have pity on me. And that is not, Jesus condemned them for that. He said, instead, make yourself look good. Don't let anybody know. You know, put some oil on your head. Make yourself smell good. Make people think you're doing great. And uh, don't like let this be this oh pity party sorry you that you're fasting moment um, as we mentioned earlier in addition to fasting food there might be other things that you enjoy that take a lot of time that you say I'm going to give those things up for this season and use that time to seek the Lord and you might throw those in in addition to fasting food maybe binge watching Netflix online shopping other hobbies those things kind of get pushed to the side so we can focus on God anything you set aside for the purpose of seeking God will make a difference, okay? But first and foremost, I'm asking you to fast from food. Here's another thought. As we do this, you'll have people that will say this to you. They'll say, well, man, I really feel sorry for you that you're having to do that. Uh, and what you need to do, because it's a great opportunity to challenge and to encourage people, is in a very kind way say, you know what? You don't need to feel sorry for me. I'm seeking God in a very, very powerful, powerful way, and I can't wait. I don't need sympathy. Be excited for me, because God is going to do some amazing things through this fast. I mean, how cool is it to use a season of fasting to be a witness to people around you? Uh, and you should be excited, because God will answer. God is going to answer. If what you give up means something to you, it will mean something to God. If what you give up means something to you, it will mean something to God. So here's what we're going to fast for as a church. Here's some of the things we're going to be praying for as a church. And before I list those out for you, I wanted to make sure you knew that we're going to be joining together every morning uh, during the 21 days, uh, starting this Friday at 7 a.m. Go ahead, teenagers, you can groan. Uh, 7 a.m. Uh, for prayer on Zoom. Every morning during the 21 days, so from the 7th to the 27th, uh, at 7 a.m., yes, that first morning on Zoom will be before the first Friday prayer service that night, okay? Um, but we will join together on Zoom at 7 a.m. We'll have a quick teaching, a few minutes of prayer together to start our day. And it's just a really great way uh, to connect, to stay united as we move through this season of prayer and fasting. Uh, you may say, well, I'm driving to work at that point. Fire up Zoom on your phone and just listen. You can join in while you're, you know, you can pray. Uh, the Bible says to watch and pray, so you can certainly drive and pray, right? Uh, so you can pray while you're driving to work. Uh, you say, well, I don't work till 10. I'm sleeping at 7. Deny yourself something you want 
and God will honor that, okay? Uh, 7 a.m. Uh, prayer time every day during the 21 days. Great way to begin each day with our focus in the right place, join our hearts together as a church. So it would be awesome if some of you guys could join us for 21 straight days at 7 a.m. on Zoom. Yes, even Sunday morning before we come here to join together in worship, we'll be praying together at 7 a.m. on Zoom. Uh, so we're just going to be doing this all the way through. Some of you may... We'll have to miss a day here and there, but let's prioritize this time seeking God each day. Uh, and just so you all know, uh, I've asked, because I've done it the past two years, and so I thought to change things up, we're going to have Pastor Ken lead those times each morning at 7 a.m. Uh, so he's going to be leading those. I'll be on. I'll be, you know, participating just like y'all will. Uh, but Pastor Ken is going to give us his thoughts on prayer and fasting and challenge us and encourage us as we go through these 21 days uh, during that season. So here are our areas of focus during this fast. First of all, we're praying for a spiritual awakening across Texas and in the U.S., specifically asking God for new stories here in the 380 corridor. And I think it is incredibly appropriate that we make souls the first and most important item on our list that we focus on during this season of prayer and fasting. Maybe you've got unsaved family members that you need God to do a work in their heart and in their life. I was just talking with someone here this morning about an unsaved family member that is really heavy on their heart, and they need God to work a miracle. This is a great time to focus on that. Uh, maybe you've got friends, coworkers that need to know the Lord, and we're praying that there will be a spiritual awakening. Our country desperately needs it. Our state needs it. Our community needs it. So we're going to be praying for that. Number two, we're going to be praying for the people of Trilogy to be strong in the Lord, that God would grow us and strengthen us, this is so, so important. Uh, sometimes we pray outward and we forget to pray here where we are. So we're going to pray for strong marriages. We're going to pray for wise parents. We're going to pray that people will fall in love with God more than ever. We're going to pray that people that are struggling with addictions of whatever kind, those will be broken in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray for restoration, for spiritual vitality in the hearts of the people of Trilogy. Number three, we want to pray for the health of the first Friday prayer services. And this is, this is really a passion that Melissa and I have because what we've seen at Trilogy to this point is because we've set our hearts as a church on calling on God. From the beginning, that was a focus of ours. And when a church prays, God is going to move. And that's what we want to see in an even bigger way because I believe the best is yet to come. I mean, we're here, and this is awesome, and God has continued to move us forward and lead us. Uh, but I believe that God is just getting started. And in order for you and I to experience that, we need to seek God like we never have before. And we need to be encouraging the other people that we know that are a part of Trilogy to be here on First Fridays for the prayer meeting. It's going to make a difference for the entire church. Uh, number four, we're going to pray for this campus. For six years, we have asked God for a permanent home. And this past year, in the middle of shutdowns and quarantines and inflation and all sorts of negative outlooks, God said, I will answer. And he provided us with a permanent home. 5001 Fish Trap is Trilogy's new home, but it's just the beginning. We're going to be ramping up renovations and campus improvements. We're going to make things more welcoming to guests. We're going to get things all sorted out with the city for signage and code compliance. And we're going to see some amazing things happen in this coming year as God begins to expand the use of this facility from just Sunday morning to really expanding our programming and meeting needs in our community. But we need to be seeking God for wisdom, direction, and provision every step of the way. So this is another area of focus. Number five, I want to pray for our neighborhood groups because we want to see people get connected in community here at Trilogy like never before, to find family here, uh, to be able to do life together. 
And finally, number six, we want to pray for our next-gen ministries. This was the final thing that God laid on my heart for us to pray for during these 21 days. Um, now that we have a permanent home here, we want to do more and more to invest in the next generation, in our kids, in our students, in those ministries that are going to grow disciples and help our kids to reach their friends for Jesus. And so we want to pray uh, specifically for God to grow and give wisdom and, and bring people alongside Pastor Jordan uh, to continue to expand those ministries and what we're doing to invest, invest in the next generation of Jesus followers. So as we pray, as we seek him, as we fast, God's going to do things in the church and God's going to do things in your life. And our theme for the next 21 days that we're going to be focusing on is this, God will answer. That's our theme for the next 21 days, God will answer answer. Not God may answer, God will answer. In Isaiah 58, God sends a prophecy to Israel through the prophet Isaiah and challenges the people of Israel uh, in when and how they fast. And he, after he gives them the instruction, he also gives them this promise in Isaiah 58, 8. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal, your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then, when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. It's a chapter, Isaiah 58, all on fasting. And I know this, I know that as you and I pray, God will answer. I don't know what you need, but this much I do know. There's a God who delights in showing his power. There's a God who delights in working miracles. There's a God who, when we draw close to him, he delights in drawing close to us. There's a God who will answer uh, you and I as you and I fast and we pray. God will answer. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to close uh, with worship. And I want the worship team to go ahead and come back up now. And uh, we're going to take a few minutes this morning. We're going to sing, uh, There is a Cloud I want us to sing. And uh, I want us to get our hearts ready for what God wants to do during this season of prayer and fasting and say, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? God, where do you want to lead me? How do you want me to move forward? Because there is a God who will answer as we fast and as we pray. We're going to sing, and as we sing, I want you to begin just seeking God and spend some time talking to God and ask him some questions. God, how do you want me to move through this fast? Speak to me and show me. God, what is it you want me to be praying about in my own situations, in my own life circumstances? What do you want me to be praying to you about? I'm asking you to do something miraculous in these circumstances, and I believe you will. I believe you will. God honors that kind of faith, that kind of anticipation, that kind of obedience to just say, I'm going to fast and disconnect myself for a season from the world, and I'm going to pray and get more deeply connected with Jesus. That's what the 21 days of prayer and fasting is about. And so you don't need to stand up for this last song. I'm going to encourage you just to kind of maintain an attitude of prayer. Maybe you want to bow your head and focus on him. And, and you can sing along with the worship team for sure. But they're going to lead this last song. And I want you to really seek God's direction during this song and see where God would lead you.